What I want to talk to you about today is standing firm. Um, I'm pretty sure that every person in this place has or is or will be going through a tough situation in, a, in their life because it's life and we do. You know, life can be tough sometimes. Those situations that, you know, can really push us to the edge. You feel like you made a strong stuff and then something comes up and it can knock you straight off your feet. And, um, and in those times, it, it makes sense for us. You know, God, as Christians, we believe that God is our rock. So even when our world is shaking, he doesn't move. He remains solid. So if you're a Christian in this place today, you know that your God is your rock. And when you're facing situations, it's him that you turn to. But you know what? We can find ourselves very easily not doing that. You know, and it doesn't make sense for us, although we can often find ourselves doing it. It doesn't make sense to watch 20 hours of TV a day just to try and block out the problem. It doesn't make sense to relive that problem over and over in your mind. It just makes it worse. It doesn't make sense to go out partying and try and forget about it and drink. Um, And it doesn't make sense to do nothing. What we need to do is turn to God. And, you know, when we take something to God, He can bring us through any situation, any situation. So my first point today for you, I've got three points. My first one is be specific. As a mum, I find it really frustrating when my children are upset about something and they come to me upset and I don't know what the problem is. And I'm saying to them, what's the matter? Are you hurt? You got a tummy ache? Are you hungry? Do you need to go to the toilet? Have you, have you hurt your knee? Do you, do you need something to eat? And all I'm getting is, mummy! I don't know how to help that. And I hear myself saying to them all the time, guys, if you don't tell me what the problem is, I can't help you. They need to tell me what their problem is. And that can so often be us when we're with God, when we're calling out to him, God, help me. God, bless me. God, I need you. And he's saying, well, what do you want? Be specific. We need to speak the words of what we are standing for out loud. Because actually, when we do it out loud, that's when we can really hear it and then allow ourselves to start believe what we're actually standing for. There's an account in the Bible about a blind man who's called Blind Bartimaeus. It's in Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 46 to 52. I won't read it. I'm just going to give you an overview this morning. This guy, he was completely blind. Uh, He was sat in front of the temple like he had been for many years, and he heard that Jesus was coming. And he, he shouted out, Lord, have mercy on me. Now, that could have been interpreted in many different ways. This guy was blind, so he probably didn't have a job, which means he didn't have any money. Um, He probably wasn't married, didn't have many friends or relationships, so he was lonely. So calling out, Lord, have mercy on me, could have been that he wanted an answer to any one of those situations. And God wanted to know, what do you want? So he asked him, what do you want? And he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. He immediately received his sight because he was specific about what he wanted. Now, I'm not saying, you know, reading an account like that, it can make it seem like it's really easy for us to say what it is, and, and then we get the answer. It's not easy. It's actually really difficult. Stepping out in faith is a very daunting thing to do, and our faith is a journey. I want to remind us today that faith is a journey, and we need to start where we're at. Tom and I, when we first got engaged, uh, we started to talk about the kind of house that we'd like to live in. We used to walk, Tom lived in Dulwich and I lived in Bromley. So we would walk around Dulwich and Bromley, look at all the houses up and down the street and talk about exactly what sort of house we wanted. We spoke about everything, um, what, whether it was a semi-detached, or we wanted a garage, we wanted a big garden, how many bedrooms we wanted, what features we wanted on the inside, whether it needed to be all done up or whether we wanted to move in and it all be done. You know, we spoke about every aspect, but that wasn't where our faith journey 
began for that. At the time that we were getting married, Tom was just about to start university, and I was working as a teacher and not earning the biggest wage. So um, our financial position was not one that we could afford to buy a big house. Um, and for years, Tom, before he met me, just for years growing up, Tom had decided that when the time came that he moved out of his home, his family home, that he never wanted to rent, that he wanted to buy. So we started there. Tom had already been declaring and believing that, and I joined him in that, and we declared that we would, uh, we would be able to buy something. And we were specific about what we wanted to buy. We wanted a two-bedroom flat with private parking, and that's what we stood for. That's what we believed for. And um, two months before we got married, somebody gifted us a deposit for a two-bed flat with private parking. Now, that was, that was so God. That was supernatural. That was not us. That was still a huge step of faith for us to step out and believe for that. And we did it. And God rewarded that faith. And do you know what happens? When you step out in faith and you receive what you're standing for, your faith grows. Because that made us think, oh my goodness, look what just happened. We believed for that. It happened. And our faith grew. Our faith grew. And now in property, Tom and I have been nothing but blessed and favoured in what we've been able to get because we were confident in our God and what he could deliver. We went on to buy um, another bigger flat um, with, with um, grounds for kids to play because we were thinking about a family. And then last year, we bought the house that we were believing for. We've been, we've been married. We would have been married for nine years this October. So that was eight years of believing, of standing, of dreaming, of declaring. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us, unfortunately, a time scale. It doesn't say, um, if you're believing for a financial breakthrough, that will be one to two working days. It doesn't say, if you're believing for healing, that could take six weeks. Unfortunately, the Bible doesn't do that for us. But it does tell us that God's timing is perfect. That he's never early and he's never late. He is always on time. So I want to encourage you that if you're standing and believing for something this morning, and perhaps it's taking a long time, you know, perhaps it has been weeks or months or years, and you're thinking, well, this isn't going to happen. It's taking too long. Just encourage yourself and know that God's timing is perfect. We don't know what that is, but it's perfect. So we need to, when we're believing for something, we need to see it before we see it. We need to be able to see it in our mind before we see it as a reality. We need to be living and breathing and dreaming what we're standing for. We need to know exactly what it looks like. Now, if you're believing for healing this morning, see yourself healed. If you're believing for a family or a friend to be saved, see them sitting next to you in church. We need to be seeing it before we see it. Tom and I, we're now, having got our house, we're now in the final stages, finally, of... um, planning, planning, but sending off the planning for our house. So we have poured over these plans for months. Uh, we started and started again and then screwed it up and started again um, and then redone it and looked at it and mulled over it. And now we're here. We're there. We have the plan. So we know every square inch of what our house is going to look like when it's completed. And um, who's seen, I'm sure you've, lots of you have seen those egg chairs, uh, those kind of swinging egg chairs that you can get. I've seen recently you can get like a double one and that's what I want, this double egg chair. And uh, I get my little fold-out company chair and I put it on the patio, um, what is my current patio, and I fold out my chair, get my cup of tea, obviously, and, um, and I sit down in my chair and I look out and I imagine I'm sitting in the family area because that's what it will be when it's extended. This patio will become the family area in our house. And I sit there and I imagine that's where I am. And I look across and I see Tom, my wonderful husband, cooking me a delicious meal in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm dreaming it, Tom. I'm dreaming it, so it's going to happen. 
I look behind me and I can see my children playing beautifully together in the play area. <laughs> One can only dream. And I'm seeing it, and I look out of what will be my beautiful bifold doors into my garden, and it's going to happen. I'm seeing it. It's not a reality yet, but I know it will be. I'm standing on it. I'm believing it. I'm declaring it. My God will not fail. He cannot fail. And that is what I'm going to get. The Bible tells us that uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In the New Living Translation of the Bible, it says that faith is the confidence that we what we hope for will actually happen. It is the evidence, oh no, hold on, wrong one. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. That verse is so exciting. I've got out my keyboard. It really excites me because God is saying, step out in faith. Stand on my word for your situation. And then we can have a confidence and an assurance that what we're standing for will become a reality. If you get nothing else from this morning, take that verse. Take that verse and be confident and be assured that what you're standing for can become a reality. My second point today is get the right tool for the job. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 20, it says, All of his promises are found in his word. He has given us his word. And it will help and guide us through any situation. It doesn't matter what our situation is here this morning. You can find a promise to stand on in his word. But to know what those promises are, we need to prioritize reading our Bible. It is so important that we spend time reading and digesting and meditating on what God's word has to say over our lives. You know, I'm going to be very honest with you this morning. I'm a mum of two small children. Um, I'm the main homemaker. Um, I have a part-time job and I have a hobby that is a big passion of mine and I want to turn that into a business. You know, life is busy. And I have been saying for um, a while, I'm just so busy. I don't know how I want to read the word. I just don't know how to fit it in. And when I do get a, sp- a pocket of time that doesn't involve children, I am so frazzled that I can't, my mind just doesn't seem to take anything in. It just falls out the other side. But you know what happened? I was asked to prepare this message for you this morning. All of a sudden, I found time. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know what happened. I found time to get into God's Word, to meditate on it, to find out what He wanted to share with you this morning. I found time. Now, I'm not saying that every week I'm going to have time or we're going to have time to do big Bible searches. Life is busy, and God understands that, and he knows that. But we can do everything that we can to be putting God's word into our lives. You know, it's very easy nowadays. We've got little apps that we can put on our phone that can deliver us. It just pops up at the right time of day, um, a verse that we can just look at. And all, if all you do is just read that one verse, then God's word is going in. We need to be doing everything that we can to be getting hold of what God has to say. Um, faith comes by hearing, the word says, and hearing from the word of God. To me, that's very cut and dry. If we want our faith to grow, then we need to hear from God. And to hear from God, we need to get into our Bible. So it's really important that we are making time to put God's word and speak it over our lives. As children of God, as people who have accepted Jesus into their lives, we have a powerful weapon. But we need to know how to use it to build our faith. A couple of weeks ago, Tom has got this huge workshop down the end of our garden. Um, You can believe that was the first thing that was built when we moved into the house. There's a big spot there for my workshop. He'd been dreaming and believing for that one as well. Um, So there it is at the bottom of our garden. And he called me down to show me something that he was doing. And I have to be honest, I can't remember what that was. But I know it involved a piece of wood and a jigsaw. And, uh, And he said to me, 
he was, just, he was doing the cut and he said, hey, Becky, you stepped out of the way. Just cut along that line. All right, I'll just cut along that line. So I got hold of the jigsaw and I tried to do that. And after about three seconds, it became very apparent that I had no idea what I was doing and the tool was going all over the place. So he quickly swooped back in and said, hold on a minute. You hold it here, you put the pressure there, you guide it from here and gave me a few key pointers on how to actually use this tool. And when I knew that, I cut that line to almost perfection. I'm sure I need a bit of practice, but I had a go. We need to know how to use God's word. So the first thing that we need to do is find the right scripture for our situation. When we're standing on God's promises, it actually gives us the authority to declare it and believe it. Because if God said it, it's true. If God has said it, it is true. So we have the authority to stand on it and believe it. And we know that that promise belongs to us. The promises in God's word belong to every single person in this room. There's not an exclusive club that you need to be in. They belong to every single person on this room. If you have accepted Jesus into your heart, into your life, then these promises are for you. And when we actually start to speak out his word, that's when it becomes living and active. When we speak it out and stand on it, that's when it becomes living and active in our lives. You know, once we have our scripture, pray over it. Keep declaring it out loud. Write it down. Stick it up somewhere. You know, stick it everywhere where you're going to be. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it on your front door. Put it on your fridge. Uh, wherever you're going to be looking at often, put that scripture up. And every time you see it, declare it. And get to the point where you just know it. You just know it and it just becomes a natural reaction. And every time that situation seems to rise up in you, say it. Say it. Keep declaring it so that that scripture is your defense. That scripture is what you're standing on. You don't have to be worried and thinking about what you're going through because you know God's word is true. You know God wants the best for you. So stand on his word. So stick it up everywhere. Get hold of it. I love the song that we're singing here at the moment, Prophesy. I really love when I sing out, the word of God in our mouth will bring about the change. That's what it is. It's as simple as that. The word of God in our mouth will bring about the change. So let's be speaking it out and declaring what God has promised for us and make his word living and active in our lives. And ask someone to stand with you. In our church, we have small groups. They're small interest groups. I think we've got over 30 now, which is fantastic. Uh, we do all sorts of things. Uh, I'm not going to remember any of them now, but I'm going to tell you the few that I can. Um, I run the craft group. I know there's a men's movie night. Uh, there's a, a cycling one. Um, they, you name it, we've got it. Um, we're actually on summer break at the moment. There are no small groups through August, but we'll be picking them back up again in September. And if you are not part of a small group, then I would really encourage you to get hold of that and get, get a part of one. Um, they're so important. They are so important. I love our small group. I'm, I'm actually a part of three. That's because I run two. And now I'm in one, I think. Um, but I love them. I love them because, you know, people come to us. Uh, they come to the small group and we bring what we're standing for and we share it with each other and we stand with each other and we declare, you know, if I have got a particular word for what I'm standing on, I'll bring it and everyone will stand with me. Or perhaps when we start to pray, someone else will get a word for me and we can stand and agree together. You know, God's word says that while two or three agree, it shall be done. There is power in number. There is power in getting together as believers. And then we can celebrate with each other when those things happen. I love it when our small group texts around and say the things that we have been believing for, it's happened. It grows everybody's faith because we've all been standing together and we can all be excited about what God is doing in each other's lives. And it stirs us up to, to stand up for what we're believing for. 
My final point today, and perhaps the most important, is a relationship with God. When we are faced with a challenge in our life, when situations come up, we can have one of two responses. We can either be overwhelmed by the problem or we can be overwhelmed by God. When we're faced with these situations, it can be incredibly difficult to think about anything else but what we're going through. I know that. You know, I've been in situations where it is just so heavy and you just can't see a way out. You can't see beyond it. And we can allow that to happen by thinking about it, just thinking about it. And then that becomes all we can do is think about it. It can completely consume our thought life. We spend time trying to figure out how we're going to get out of it or how we're going to get through it or how um, we're going to be able to meet that bill or or whatever it may be. We're just thinking about that all the time. We're panicking about it and we allow our thoughts to overwhelm us and it can leave us feeling weak. It leaves us feeling weak and hopeless and nobody wants to be in that place. When you have a relationship with Jesus, you are never in these situations alone. He is with us every step of the way. He is standing alongside us. He has the promises for us and he wants us to run into his arms. He is always rooting for us, believing in us, seeing the end from the beginning. We can't see the end, but God can. All we can see is where we currently are. But we can trust and know that God knows how it's going to end. And if we put our faith and our trust in him, that we will reach the destination that he has for us, not the world, what God has for us. And it actually doesn't matter how big or how small your situation is. If it matters to you, then it matters to God. If it's weighing on you, then it's weighing on our God because he loves you. He doesn't want us to feel weak and we don't have to because he's actually already given us strength. He has already given us hope. So we need to allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by him. And that means first and foremost, be specific with him about what you're standing for. We need to get hold of what his word says about our situation and let those those words overwhelm us. Just declare, you know, you are healed. That bill is paid. You have the strength and determination to fulfill that degree or to, um, to ace that interview or whatever it is that you're standing for. Your God has put it on the inside of you. You just need to start declaring it and believing it. And you know what? It gets really exciting when we get hold of that, when we really understand that God is a big God and there is nothing too difficult for him. Nothing. Not one thing. He is a big God and he has already done it. He's already done it. He has given us those promises to stand on. He wants the best for us. He wants the best for our lives. He wants to see us succeed and to prosper. That's why he gave us the promises to stand on. That's why he gave us his word so that we can use it as a manual for life on how to get through because he knows life is hard. He was here. He walked on this earth and he went through stuff and he has given us something he didn't have. He has given us the keys to get through every situation that you may be facing. So however big or however small you may feel it is, however consumed you may feel, but you may feel about it right now, know that God has got your back that God has got a promise for you, and as we start to declare it and stand on it, that your world will completely change. A couple of years ago, um, Tom was quite unhappy in his job. Uh, He didn't really want to be there anymore, so he started to look for another position. Um, At the same time as looking around, he was praying about it and standing, and was asking God to give him the right move. He'd moved a few times, and this one needed to be a good move and the correct move for his career, the next step. Um, and after a little while, this job came up, uh, he applied for it, he got it, 
Um, he gave, they gave him a start date, so he gave his uh, notice in at his current job at the time, and, um, and that was it. We thought, job done. Thank you very much. Then, um, everything seemed to unravel a bit. As the, the reference process, it had to be done by a certain time, and there was one reference that hadn't come in on time. And if it wasn't in by a certain time, that was it, the position would be lost. Tom had already given in his notice, that had already lapsed, so we were already, you know, Tom's hanging around at home, and I'm thinking, how long is this going to go on for? I need him to get back to work. <clears throat> so we stood. It was a really difficult time. You know, we had a mortgage. We'd just not long had a new baby. Uh, we had another toddler. You know, we had responsibilities, and not having a job, I didn't, well, I have a part-time job, but it doesn't pay enough to pay our mortgage. Um, you know, we had responsibilities and things that could begin to weigh on us and think, how on earth, if that doesn't happen, what is going to happen to us? And then very quickly, we had a conversation about it, and we were like, no, we're not having this. Okay, if that job is not right, if that's not what's going to happen, God's got something else. But I'll tell you what's not going to happen. We're not going to lack. God's promises for us, his plan for our life, did not involve not having any money to pay our bills or to put food on the table. He did not include scraping pennies together to try and get petrol in the car to get to wherever we needed to go. That is not God's plan for our life. So we decided that we would stand strong and declare that whatever the outcome, that it would be the best thing, that God had the best for us. And um, just to not leave you hanging, uh, he did get that job, and it was all fine. And uh, the best thing about it was we had two months with no pay. Tom had no pay for those two months. And, um, you know, it was, it was tight, but we were standing for God. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, when, he got, when he got that job, they actually gave him a starting bonus, which more than covered what we had lacked in those two months, because that's what God does. He will give back to you what has been taken more than enough. Every time, more than enough. No, Jesus is our strong tower. It wasn't easy to go. I know when we say these things, it can be, oh, you know, that was very easy because we know the end from the beginning at this point. In hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. But we didn't know that at the time. And it was difficult to go through that. But Jesus is our strong tower. And it means that he is our strength when we have none or when we feel like we are lacking. He is our strength. When you have a relationship with someone, they want to be there for you in the good and the bad. And Jesus is no different. He wants to be there with you. The God, the God, the God, God does tell us that he is our eternal refuge and that you are in his everlasting arms. That's just such a beautiful picture that no matter what I'm going through, God's big arms are wrapped around me, keeping me safe. Now, he wants us to take refuge in him, to allow his peace to be our peace, knowing that everything is in his hands. When Tom and I were in that position, we really needed his peace. You know, it kept us from thinking about what might happen and focus on what can happen. His plan for our lives. And I've been talking a lot to you this morning about journey. And our faith is a journey. And everybody's journey starts somewhere. And faith begins at the end of our own self. All the while we feel like we can do this thing called life by ourselves, we leave no space for God. Sometimes... As Christians, we can be really guilty of actually shutting God out and saying, oh, this is actually a really difficult time right now, God. I don't really feel like I can go to church. I don't feel like I can read my Bible or pray. When I'm feeling better, I'll come back to you. And God's saying, what are you doing? This is the time you should be running to me. I have the answers for you. I have the peace and the love and the strength to get you through this situation. I am your hope. It is God that we need to be running to in those times. Don't shut him out. Don't run away. Run to him. Faith accepts that we cannot do this on our own. 
There is someone greater than us. When we have a full understanding of who God is, what he has done for us, what he has for us, that's when we stop living for ourselves and we start to live by faith. As Christians, we believe that if you've accepted Jesus into your life, then you have faith. So if you are a Christian in this place this morning, then you know you have faith. Whatever level you are on your journey right now, you have faith and you can start to make steps. Don't, don't look around you and start to pit yourself against someone else and say, oh, well, that person just believed for you know, a mansion and they got it. Well, they, they've been on a journey. You know, Tom and I didn't start from um, the, the street to a mansion. We went from, from the street to a flat and we've worked our way up and it's been a journey and we are all on a journey in this place and we're all at a different place. But God is with each and every one of us on that journey. You know, Christianity, it's not an exclusive club. It's not. God, it's the Bible tells us that he sent his only son to die for us. That means every single person on this planet, he loves you. He knows you inside out. He knows every hair on your head. You know, what I'm saying about being specific and taking these things to God, it's not because he doesn't know what these things are. He knows us. He knows us inside out. He knows our situations. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything. But he wants us to come to him. It's a decision. He's not going to force us. It's a decision for us to open ourselves up and say, okay, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I know there's something bigger and something greater out there and I want some of it. And you know what? God is so excited here this morning at the prospect of people taking that step closer to him in their journey. He is so excited. He has his everlasting arms open, ready and waiting for people to run in. Whether you're a Christian here or not. If you're not, if you have not started on your, on your journey of faith yet, then you're in the right place today. You are in the right place Every, you know, there are lots of people in this place this morning who have done that. And our lives are, are an example of what God has done time and time again. That's why we're here celebrating. We are so excited about what God has done for us, what he's going to do for us. You know, it never stops. God just keeps going. He has got some awesome things planned for our lives. And it doesn't mean that our lives are perfect because let me tell you, they're not. The Christian life is not one of perfection. Because when we start to move forward, that's when, you know, the enemy wants to pull us down. He doesn't want us to reach what God has for us. But God's never going to give up. He is there, standing right by us, walking with us through this journey. And I want to encourage, if we could just have every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. And if you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus, then don't miss this opportunity. He is up there looking down at you. He knows your life. He knows what you've been through. He knows where you are right now. And he has a vision for your future. He knows where he wants you to be. And he's reaching out his hands and he's saying, come. I want to take you on this journey. I want to stand alongside you through the good and the bad. And I want to get you through this thing called life in the best possible way. He doesn't want you to live a mundane life. He doesn't want you to just get through each day. He wants you to be excited about waking up every day, knowing what, what awaits you. The possibilities that await us when we stand with God are endless. He has a dream and a purpose for our lives. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, and you would like to, it's very simple. All you have to do is raise your hand in this place. Some of the team are looking just so that I don't miss anyone. 
if you do respond this morning, if you want this person called Jesus in your life to help you through the bad and to celebrate your wins, to be your strong tower, your strength, your hope, then I encourage you this morning to raise your hands just for God to know that you're making that decision. You don't need to have all the answers to make this decision. You don't need to know everything. As I said, it is a journey and we are all learning each day. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Let's pray all together, church. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we do this life with you. And at this moment, we turn away from the way I've lived. And we turn towards you, Jesus. And we take our first step towards you. We declare you to be our Lord and our God. And we thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you, if you didn't respond this morning and you have questions and you want to know more about you know, what this all is before you make that, that step, that's absolutely fine. Please come and speak to one of our helpers, one of the team that have got the ask on the back, or come and speak to me or Pastor Julian or any one of our leadership team, or even the friend that brought you here today. Speak to someone and find out what the next step can be for you. Thank you, church.